Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. I was ready to really focus on things that are fully aligned with my purpose and help me get clearer on it instead of distracting me from it. And that's both in the physical and the energetic realm. And I just had this vision. And it was that moment when we were walking away and I looked at Xenia and she looked back at me and she goes, I want this. And when she said, I want this, I just looked back at her and I go, all right, well, we're getting it then. Welcome back to the Woken Wired podcast. This episode is different. While most of the episodes, I have guests that I interview that have expertise to offer you guys and me too. In this episode, I'm sharing a personal life transition that has gotten a ton of interest from all the posts I've been doing on social media. So I thought, why not record a podcast sharing me and my fiance Eric's journey to buying a tiny home, moving into it and leaving our gorgeous, spacious Brooklyn apartment behind to live, like I, I like to say in the forest, it's not really in the forest, but I like to say it. So this episode, we're going to share a little bit of our background, who we are. If you're new here, welcome. This is a space where we talk about expanded consciousness, entrepreneurship, and how to use social media as a tool to manifest your dreams and to create a life full of connection, self-expression, success, whatever that means to you, and fulfillment and intentionality always. So... This is how it's going to go today. It's different. I've taken some questions on my Instagram, Woken Wired. If any of it resonates or if you have any further questions or feedback or comments, do find me on Instagram at Woken Wired and let me know what you think. Or just go to WokenWired.com and fill out the contact form there. So without further ado, sitting here quietly next to me is my fiance, Eric, and he is going to be with me here on the show. And... I have this funny kind of memory where I don't remember a lot of things, and he does, so I thought it'd be cool to bring him on this show. And for the past two minutes while I was recording this, I kept elbowing him and telling him to not make any loud sounds with his mouth or breathing, and he said that he doesn't think that Joe Rogan says that to his podcast guests. And he's right. Joe Rogan has all kinds of background noises in the background. So welcome, Eric. You're not my guest, but you are my co-host this week. Well, I'm honored. This podcast has featured so many ridiculously awesome people, and I yeah, I've kind of been jealous. I wanted to be on it, and so now I'm not on it as Eric. I'm on it as the guy who's on the journey with you, and that's really exciting, too. So let's roll, baby. Let's do this. So Eric was the first person to leave a review for my podcast when I got the message from iTunes that it's live. and. Now you're on it. So it's coming full circle because it's been actually exactly a year since I launched a podcast. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's actually, it's my birthday in like an hour. So by the time we're done recording, if this is half of Joe Rogan's podcast time, it'll be my birthday already. (laughs) Anyway, so some of you already may know me and have listened to the podcast, but some of you may be brand new here because this topic of tiny homes and tiny living, minimalism, essentialism, Marie Kondo, your life 
it's really big right now and lots of people are searching it. And honestly, when I was searching those topics myself on the podcast app, I didn't find a lot of things that resonated with me. So this is the podcast that I was looking for. In it, we'll we'll outline our journey, how we got there, how the seeds were planted, and how we manifested within a matter of a few months, a tiny cabin on a dreamland with a freaking observatory. Can you believe we own that? Yeah, the observatory is like uh, half the size of our house. Yeah. Anyway, before we get there, I just wanted to take a moment to give you a very brief background on who I am and who Eric is. My name is Ksenia Avdulova, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm the founder of the wellness platform Breakfast Criminals. That's all about starting your day mindfully. It's about rituals and recipes that get you excited to wake up. I've been running Breakfast Criminals for over five years. And in that time, I've also done a lot of social media consulting and empowered lots of conscious entrepreneurs and healers to find their own way of expressing their message online. I run an online course called the Conscious Social Media Program, where I do exactly that. And I'm on a cereal box that's now being taken off the shelves of Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. And what else can I say? I'm an immigrant. I'm from Moscow, Russia. I've been in the internet world pretty much since I knew the word internet for 15 years when I was 15. Actually, longer than Even that. before that, when you got caught at that. your father's neighbor. Remember that? That's true. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, that's a story for another time. But I've been in the internet world for a long time. I have been doing social media for brands for some time before I started doing my own business full time. And I just truly see social media as a world full of possibility. And I also truly believe that we make it whatever we want and we have that power of choice, what goes into our feed, how it affects our subconscious. And it's totally in our power to create it as a space for connection and belonging, because that's what it's done for me. If you're curious to hear more about that, I've shared my story multiple times. So I'm going to link to those previous episodes, but that's it in a nutshell. What I do on a day-to-day basis is I work with brands to create content for social media. And I use that opportunity to spread messages that empower people and get them inspired a little more healthy and mindful and intentional. I'm a huge fan of cacao and cacao ceremony. And I love nature. I love mushroom foraging. I am on a path of really decluttering my life and focusing on what's important and what brings me joy. I can't think of anything else to say about myself now. So why don't I pass on the proverbial mic to you? So I've been told to focus on certain things, but I'm not like, I'm not a big rule following guy. So my name is Eric Brief. And I do a lot of different things. People have described a similar life as a portfolio life. I'm an artist. I am also a... I never knew what that means, portfolio life. Yeah, it's like you have a lot of different pages in the book of what you do in life. So I'm an artist, and that means I do paintings and pretty much like all self-expression in the form of art. That's me, baby. And then I also... You keep saying baby. You don't really talk like that. Well, this is the first time I've said baby like... Baby, yeah, like this is the second time. I know, but I was saying, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, she's right. So I'm an artist, and I do a lot of paintings, and I love painting. I use a lot of crystals in my artwork right now, bridging into being a crystal, quote unquote, dude. And I use crystals in so many different ways. But Xenia and I have a crystal house. We have a crystal Instagram account that you know kind of mixes my passion for 
artwork and crystals and intuition and healing and what's that thing called? Like clairvoyance, all that kind of stuff and channeling together. And then I got this other thing that's totally different. And I have, I'm an entrepreneur and I have an online course for helping digital marketing agencies create sales machines. And obviously the course is called Sales Machine. So I think that's it for introducing myself. What probably my, the most important thing for my career was meeting this woman. Right before I, be, I actually quit my job and started my own business, I met her. Like, two I years had, ago. Two years ago. I already decided I was going to quit my job. I had my quit date and I met her. And I really feel like it was that determination to move my life forward that opened the door for me to meet this woman who's so amazing. And through her, I actually learned about Instagram and social media. So I thought Instagram before I met her, no judgments, please, was just pictures. Like I was like, I don't understand. How, how does this Instagram thing work? It's just pictures. And she's like, no, they're captions, buddy. And I, I realized that you could like type stuff under the picture. And I just used the word type, right? Which is ridiculous. So I found out about Instagram and I found out that people authentically have looked up and like admired Xenia. And obviously there's a great reason because she's amazing. Thanks. But I was so impressed with social media. I feel like such an old man. I'm 33 years old today. And I was so impressed with like how people utilize social media to make a positive impact. Because in my mind, that didn't, that wasn't something that was a thing. So since then, we've started Crystal Criminals and I've connected with so many awesome people around crystals, which is something I'm so freaking passionate about for the last, you know, what, 15, 20 years, something like that. It's probably got to be more than, it's been since I was a kid. Don't give away too much because we're going to do another episode where we talk about our story and crystal business and all the things. Okay, cool. Let's, let's put that to the side. So, and let's start talking about something, houses. Three years ago, I was sitting in my office on 34th Street and 8th Avenue between 8th and 9th, working for a digital marketing agency, a very large one. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, like, this can't be all that there is to life, which is kind of like the same realization I had when I was in college at NYU in the library and I was hungry. And they're like, all that there was was like a sandwich with like meat, cheese, bread. I was like, there's got to be something more to eating healthfully because this food that I'm eating is not giving me energy and being good for me. And I'm sitting in my office and I'm having like a parallel type of breakthrough. I'm like, you know what? Where I live and where we are and in this office, there's got to be something like bigger, better, something like this isn't the be all and end all. And so I'm thinking to myself, I want to build my own house. I want to live in nature. I want to build a shipping container home. And at the time I had, I had zero money. I might've even had negative money. And I remember thinking to my, and I'd had different like success, money up, down, whatever it is. But I'm thinking to myself, like, how am I going to do this? Am I going to move there alone? And I just knew that I wanted to do something innovative, cool, and something that was creative and outrageous, but that really was like my life. Not just a painting, which is amazing, or not an installation, but the entire place that I was living being an expression of who I am and being unique. And apparently this lady over here had a a similar vision, not shipping container, (laughs) but something quite interesting that, well, why don't I let you talk? Yeah, thanks. (laughs) So I grew up in Moscow, Russia, and it's a very traditional thing to have what we call a dacha which is your country house. It's like your retreat. And growing up, the dacha we would go to in the summers 
was built by my grandfather with his own, great-grandfather actually, with his own hands. It was this wooden little old house with an outhouse. So there was no plumbing. We used rainwater to take showers. And I was the one responsible for fire in the evening to heat up the water so that we could all take a warm shower. But her sister was responsible for cleaning the outhouse. So who got the better job? (laughs) Correct. So in the mornings, we would go mushroom foraging, especially after rain, because that's when the mushrooms come out. My grandfather and my mom taught me everything to know about foraging mushrooms. And my mom was responsible for the garden and we would grow all kinds of berries and zucchinis. And She's a killer gardener. I saw her garden my mom, like yeah. two years ago. It was amazing. So growing up, I remember when you were a kid, you don't get a choice. You just go there and you spend all your time there in the summer. Your parents come visit on the weekends. When I became a teenager... Wait, what did you do there? Just go to the river go help with the garden, go mushroom foraging, hang out with other kids. One of my friends had video games, so I loved that. I never owned video games. What? Nintendo? Yeah, Nintendo. Okay. I had a computer, but it was only in the city. When I became a teenager, my parents were obsessed with going to Dacha. They were obsessed with the idea of buying a new one and building their own house that was bigger and better with plumbing. (laughs) Very, very reasonable. And me and my best friend were just so confused. All we wanted to do on the weekends was to spend time going clubbing and drinking tequila and staying up until 8 a.m. and then eating watermelons because we were so dehydrated. Because in Russia, you have to pay for water when you go to clubs or bars or restaurants. You actually have to pay. There's only bottled water. You can't just order free water. Yeah, you can't order free water at clubs here either. Really? I mean, unless you're, like, sick or something like that, they're not going to give you free water. Wow. It's, like, socially... They'll probably give you water. They technically have to legally, but it's not a thing. Social norms will stop you from getting water at a bar. So when we would go out, we didn't have a lot of money. So our choice was we either use the little money we had to buy tequila or to buy water or to pay for a cab home. Otherwise, you have to wait until 6.30 a.m. when the subway opens, and that's what we usually would do. Anyway, so that's a little throwback. I was so confused. Why are my parents so obsessed with spending all this time in nature with building a house? I just want to be in the city. I can't be away from my computer. I was obsessed with my computer and the internet and live journal and blogging. And Did you have dial-up? Yeah, of course, right? At that time, no. At that time, I already had non-dial-up. Oh, wow. So how are you so... that That's old. You're young. I was 20. I was like 16, 17 at the time. Russia had cable? Yes. That's crazy. Anyway... So that's my story. And now I am literally turning into my parents for the past year or so. I've been taking every opportunity to go and spend time in nature. Anytime someone invites me upstate, there's a retreat happening. I just love that sensation of seeing the stars and sitting around fire. That's what we would do at our dacha. We would sit around the fire. We would make food. We would grill sausages on fire and then we would you know, put potatoes right in the coal. Ser something, ser... ser Serdelka. Right, that's the big fat sausages. And I just have such fond memories from childhood of that simple life, kind of like Paris Hilton. And so as I've been spending more time in nature, then... So now let's start recollecting of how it all manifested, okay? So from what I remember, last fall, it was 2018. Eric got obsessed with earth building, earth bag homes, natural building. And he presented to me this idea. Hold on. Wait, wait, back it up. Can we just back up for one second? Okay. Okay. I have been talking about building a house for over two years. And she was like, yeah, no. 
<laughs> not like, no, it's a bad idea. She's like, not interested. It was more like that. And I've like how things typically work is I plant the seed like seven or eight times. And then she's like, you know what? That's a great idea. And yet, hold on. I was just doing a blog post for Breakfast Criminals about my evening routine. And I came across this older blog post that I wrote about five years ago. And it said, I'm reading now. The more time I spend in nature, the more clear I get on my vision of living in a mountain cabin. There's a fireplace, a cozy furry rug, floor-to-ceiling windows overlooking pine trees and cliffs, a welcoming wooden dining table, and a bright kitchen. There's also a hot tub for stargazing on cool nights. I mean, I completely forgot about this. This vision was tucked away, but it was in existence, and I completely believed that I called this in. But we don't have floor-to-ceiling windows. That's happening. We will go to furry rug. We're going to build that. <laughs> we will go to furry rug. And a cozy dining table. Cozy is a, it's a very relative word. Anyway, so this was about five years ago. And then last fall, how did you get into the whole earth? Can you explain what natural building is and how you got there? Because how it got to me is that Eric presented this crazy idea to me that we could build a house with our own hands with the help of other people uh, with under $10,000 budget or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, sure, let's buy property. Let's do this. Sounds great. And then we found out that it's not realistic. So yeah, what happened? I am trying to figure out how I did get into the natural building thing. I love the idea of a shipping container home at first because I was like, ah, we're recycling shipping containers. They're, you know, they're being dumped all over the world. And then I found out a couple of things about shipping container homes that, that made me think, you know what, maybe this isn't the best idea for our home. Not that I don't love shipping. I still want one, by the way, just the record. But I started thinking more about natural stuff. What's even more natural than that? I'm, I'm an extreme person. I used to be a raw vegan 10 years ago when I didn't have anything that wasn't cooked. So I'm thinking, what's the most natural you could get? And I found out about this thing called earth bag building. And it really blew my mind. In fact, my buddy Jacob, who's ironically ran that crystal adventure like almost two years ago. That you may have seen when Eric did a breakfast criminals takeover. From the Tucson Men- Jam and Mineral Show. <laughs> it was awesome. So he's he's a great friend of mine. And we, we always we always connect at these awesome crossroad times in our lives. And he told me about this thing called Earthships. He's like, yo, this is amazing because I've been talking about building my own house for a while. He's like, Earthships. And essentially an Earthship is something, it's like a self-contained unit completely. It has six different components. I'm seeing if I can remember this right. I'm not reading off a piece of paper. It's growing your own food, the septic climate controlled by itself, power, all these different things that are you know, within the unit. Anyway, the point was that he told me about this Earthship thing. And then I, I did some more research and I thought to myself, yeah, this is not like a Northeast thing. It's not like cheaper or anything like that. So I kind of pushed After it to the side. After going to Guatemala and no, taking no, a week long. Wait, no, Guatemala wasn't an Earth, Earth, was not Earthship, my, okay. my love. Okay. I decided that I needed to figure out something else. And I found out about this thing called Earth Bag Building. And the concept was so freaking simple that I thought to myself, we've got to do this. Like, I can do this. It's kind of like a creative Lego version. And you stuff a bunch of earth. It's kind of, it's a little bit more technical, but it's not that much more technical. It's it's a certain mix of clay, sand, soil. And you put them into a, what you would call like a grain feeding sack, a polypropylene bag, and you stack them on top of each other. And then you kind of build a house from there. And it's, it's so simple. It's labor intensive, but it's amazing what you can create from it. 
So I got into that. And then from there, I started reading all the quote unquote negative reviews about it. Like, and they're like, oh, no, you got you to gotta need a straw bale house. That's My parents were like, you're going to build a house from what? From dirt? <laughs> yeah. Well, they say earth to be respectful. But then there was all these things about straw bale. Oh, build with straw bale. Build with slip straw. Build with sips. No, sips, they have all that foam. And, and so you just go through all these different things. And I researched the hell out of everything. I was, oh, no, log cabin. Oh, no, we need this. And I researched so much of everything, and I started to see that there... Every night, he every he night. literally would spend hours watching YouTube videos about building, and I was so not interested. So I couldn't get her to watch something. When I say I'm obsessed, I do mean I spend two hours during the day and then five hours at night. And I will read entire books and order them after I've read the ebook and the preview of the ebook. At one point, I had <laughs> over 40 what were they called? Like 48 page, 10 page segments from books about building natural building and passive house and all these different things. Pretty much anything you can think of that's on the world of alternative building. I did some nice dipping into there in terms of reading and research. Long story short, I got really antsy and I was thinking to myself, I really want to try something and do something. Like I don't want to think and read about this. I'm an action guy. So let me find a workshop because I don't know if I can figure this out or do it myself. So I'm going to go to a workshop. I went online. There was a workshop in like a week and a half in Guatemala. Listen, I was already going to Guatemala for a cacao trip with my friend Florencia, who has been on this podcast. And it so happened that out of anywhere in the world, the workshop you found on the dates you needed was on the same lake in the same country, the same dates. Yeah, it's pretty wacky. It really is. It's crazy. And what was even wackier is that I, I found it. And it was the only one that was within four months or something like something like that, really. In the world? In the world, yeah. I didn't know of any other one. And so I said, yeah, I'm going. I didn't even think twice about it. I just made it happen. And that's really how we are as a couple. We just jump in. And I said, are you going to be in Guatemala? And then she goes, yeah. I go, let's meet up after. <laughs> and so we did. But I went to this workshop and it really did blow my mind. It blew my mind because we learned how to make walls out of cob. So cob is literally just using clay, sand, and straw to build something. It's like a a mud home, if you will. And it was amazing to do that. And we used all these recycled materials, not to build in code. And you can't really do that in the US. But So just, this is a brand new idea to me. There's a building code. So (laughs) if you want to build anything on the property that you own, pay taxes for, you got to get it approved by the town, whatever, the council, I don't know. Like you can't just build whatever you want. It all has to be approved, the location, where the windows face, the plumbing. To me, it just sounds so crazy. If I already paid for my land and it's mine, as long as I respect the earth, I figure out what to do with it myself, but that's not how it works. So You need to move to Texas, girl. What's there? The laws are extremely lax, if any. I'm more of a country area. They have almost no laws or regulations there. So what happened was I got back from this thing. And before I went on this workshop, I can't tell if it was right before or right after. I was, we were thinking about our apartment. You walk into my office and what did you say? I don't remember how I got to that point, but I was thinking, how much longer do we have on our lease? And we thought about it. We had four or five months and something inside of me, that intuitive voice, that something beyond me just said, let's not renew. And I had no idea what was next. I just had this feeling of upcoming adventure, whether it meant us traveling or moving somewhere else. And just so you understand, we have the most beautiful apartment. I've never loved an apartment more. We have a huge bright kitchen, windows everywhere. 
a gorgeous bathtub, wonderful neighbors, we each great have our own office, like legit office. I have a terrace overlooking a garden. I mean, it's just a dream. But yet something inside of me said, it's time to move. So it's so important to honor those callings and step into the unknown and into uncomfortable because that's how we grow. If we stay in what's comfortable and what's what works for us now, we're not going to evolve into the next version of ourselves. Dang. Yeah. Amen. And so she said that, let's not renew our lease. And I said, all right. And just to give you an idea, neither one of us has any experience buying property, building real estate, none of that. Yeah. And you grew up on a dacha. I didn't. I grew up on the Upper West Side in a two-bedroom apartment of 700 square feet. I've never lived on a property, had a country home, or had anything like that. The only reason why I know anything about home services is because I used to sell marketing and advertising to those people at the job I had back in the day. So I said yes to us moving out. And then- How did you start looking for properties? Well, I had already been looking for properties. And then there was this mushroom property that really got me interested. And finally, that was your access. It was. Actually, I what happened was I met a friend at this at one of these meetings. And the guy was like, oh, you're looking for a uh, new property? He was, he was a guy who went to Burning Man with me. I saw him at Burning Man, and then I saw him again. And we, we talked a little bit. He's like, you know, I know a real estate guy up where you want to go. Talked to the real estate guy. It was so helpful. It was really nice. But we wanted something that wasn't in that area. Talked about, oh, we don't want to take a loan. We don't want to spend this. We, don't want, we had no idea what we wanted. And, if and no savings. Yes. If you're out there kind of thinking to yourself, you're like, oh, you know, what do I want? What do I, I recommend that you really just jump in to figuring out what you want. And not, allow, yeah. allow yourself to be shown. Totally. Not intellectually, but go out there and take some actions and look around and see what feels quote unquote right. So we have, in our relationship, we do have roles that are informal. My role is to <laughs> cast a wide net, do all the research, spend <laughs> a million years looking at things and get very deep into all the details and then set up uh, some viewings for, let's say, five different things in that category. What's my role? Your role is to choose which one you want within that five. That's it. Sounds like a queen's role. It is a queen's role. Now, the thing is, is I know because I'm tuning into her, I'm thinking, all right, she's going to like this. She's going to like this. And then maybe I throw in something that only I'll like just just to kind of even (laughs) it out and make it interesting. So how did the mushroom property come about? The mushroom property came about. As you about. guys can tell, I'm obsessed with mushrooms, foraging mushrooms, mushroom medicine. I'm just so connected to earth through it. So what you got me with is that you found this property that in the description said it grows chanterelle mushrooms in large quantities. And that's when I knew, okay, we're going to borrow a car from your mom. By the way, we didn't have a car until yesterday. Never owned one ever. And so we jumped in the car. We went there. The property sucked. It was really well, bad. Well, hold on, hold on. It, yeah, it wasn't great. But but what, I, what we will say is that that moment of going out there and experiencing it, we learned more from just jumping in the car and driving like two hours than we could have ever learned by looking on the internet on Zillow, which is pretty helpful, by the way. So what I will say to you is that when we got to that property, we had this experience of, of peace and that we were on this journey together. And I loved it. I love that she loved the mushrooms. For me, what makes this process so awesome is how happy she is about different things. And she knows that if she can create things that I'm really happy about for a property, then we're just going to be happy. And that's kind of cool that we that we see things like that. I see things like that, do you? 
I was you do. thinking about the skull that we found at that property. There was a really cool skull. There was an awesome like skull. Like a fox or something. What, or what, whatever it was, we that skull got us connected to to nature big time. So the property it did, and the trees, gosh. So the property was way overpriced. The house on it was old and needed to be either dem- demolished. No, yeah, it, it needed, needed to, to be demolished, demolished 100%. <laughs> and the neighbors were right there. And so by looking at that house, we pretty much knew, okay, yeah. If we're gonna we spend- knew what we did not want. Exactly. Like in the law of attraction, they always say, you arrive at knowing what you want and having that clarity by first identifying what you don't want. And that's exactly how it worked for us. Yeah, I was like, we're going to buy something, girl. We are not going to buy something that is, I can look into my neighbor's window. Right, right. and the property was big, but literally, I don't know why people build right next to each other. So that's when, for me, it became this game, this hunt. What it, what else is out there and what feels good? And we ended up looking at, I ended up looking at less than five properties until we found one that just felt right. Well, hold on a second. I just fast forward it. We're going back now. Yeah, yeah. Well, just to be, like I said, what my job is informally is to research everything, meet all the real estate agents, call up all the listings, figure out everything about the area. Call the town council. Call the, yeah, call everyone. The car. Borrow the car. Organize that. Drive the car. But Sound like a jerk. No, you're not a jerk. You just weren't. I had to get you interested enough. Like that was my, I knew that. If I could get you interested enough that I could hit on the things that you really want, because I knew that you, sounds terrible, I knew that you wanted this, but... We also weren't engaged yet. For me, in my mind, we were married after our third date. So (laughs) I already connected our futures together. And I think you had a lot of resistance, not to me, but I don't know. Well, whatever it was. It's a different episode. It's another episode. The resist, I never took it very seriously, the resistance. It never offended me. It never took me, I never took it personally at all because I can feel the love of this lady. Yeah, I remember actually when we're just starting to, I remember what the resistance to the house was coming from. It's because anytime you would bring up the house, to me, the question would come up okay, well, if we're buying a house, who owns it? We're not a family unit. You know, how are we paying for it? How are we splitting it? To me, that not being in place and not being complete, like to me, we hadn't yet arrived at a place where as a couple, I was ready as part of 50% of a couple, I was ready to take that on. And you were. And for me, bringing those concerns to the table and actually sharing them with you felt really vulnerable, but also felt very necessary and liberating because you were there to listen to them. Thank you, And to not resist my resistance, but to hold space for it. Yep. It's also my job too. And I do it with pleasure because I think that if I listen to you, I'm listening to me also, because I can't say that I didn't have concerns also. Even though we might not have had the same concerns, my concerns, I had concerns, period. And by having compassion for your concerns, I definitely had some more compassion for mine. They were more on the financial side because I was clear when we we were dreaming up this house. With no money in the bank. I mean that. I mean, yeah, not... We're not, like, neither one of us is a saver. Whatever I make, most of it, I put, not most of it, but really all of it. I put back into my business. She reinvested into the quality of her life and who she is as an individual because ultimately that is your business, right? The business of Ksenia is her life and sharing it with people, which is, I love that about her. And 
So we didn't really have the money. And when I say really have the money, I mean zero dollars were allocated or could someone's like, how much money do you have to buy a house? I'm like, I got like 360, 360 <laughs> bucks. Like it wasn't like we were poor or anything like that. My parents had given me a couple of thousand dollars for my 30th birthday mm-hmm. because we were convers oh now I'm remembering this. We were considering buying real estate instead of renting. And my parents were super supportive of that move and had given me a few thousand dollars for my 30th birthday to have whenever we were ready to make that investment. Yep. And, and then after looking at apartments in New York City, we both were like, uh-uh, nope. It's like a million dollars for for an apartment, not even a house. Not, 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 a, not even a great apartment, honestly. And it actually, because I've lived in New York City and at, at one point in a past life, I had been involved in, in real estate. Nothing, nothing big or fancy at all. Just in that world, I dipped a toe in. I didn't really think twice. Like I knew in my mind that apartments are extreme, like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. You you can't even really buy a studio apartment for less than three hundred fifty thousand. For sure. In her mind, the idea of spending a million dollars on an apartment was almost like a fantasy cartoon joke. Like we <laughs> should not do this. We can't do this. And I thought to myself the same thing. I was like, if we take out a a one million dollar loan or whatever, you're 800,000 bucks loan, then we'll have to pay back some pretty serious dough every month. And we'll be stuck at making, at needing to earn that much money and then spend that much money. And then we'll also be stuck in the city and that dream of having that shipping container home, whatever that, you know, whatever that became, would be lost in all likelihood without having to dedicate our lives to maintaining a certain level of income in a city that was extremely expensive. Right. That was a good way of putting it all together. And the feeling I was really going for was freedom. It was not being tied with monthly payments and being in one city. I really was going for freedom. And I had watched in the documentary, The Minimalists. I've been following Sorel Amor, who speaks a lot about living a minimal lifestyle. I ran into Leo Babauta, the founder of the blog Zen Habits. I read the book Essentialism, who my fiance Eric recommended. And I just internally was coming to a place where I'm ready to get rid of the things that don't spark joy. I was ready to really focus on things that are fully aligned with my purpose and help me get clearer on it instead of distracting me from it. And that's both in the physical and the energetic realm. And I just had this vision that with all the work that I'm doing, I started teaching my eight-week online program this year. I'm called to write a book. I did a mastermind, just lots and lots of expansion. I spoke at one of the top universities in the country, lots of big personal and business growth. Huge. And and I knew that to keep my container clear. Shipping container. I'm sorry. As a channel for delivering this information to you guys and to anyone who come across comes across my work and is moved by it, it's important for me to focus really on keeping my own soul and my body clear. And I knew that the answer to that lies in being in nature and being quiet and not being around noise pollution and sand pollution. And so that move into nature felt more and more real and more and more right. Mm hmm. I just got so much by listening to you just now. I when you said minimalism and and what makes you joyful, I've got probably ten thousand dollars worth of art supplies that I've built up over the last twenty whatever maybe fifteen years, and I can I could say that 
if I got, I could probably get rid of a third of them and never use them again. I could probably get rid of another third and I would maybe buy them again. And there's maybe one third of all my supplies that I want to keep and will use if I was going to make something tomorrow. And I'm going to let go of those supplies because by letting go, holding on to some supplies and whatever, paints or pastels or primers or printmaking stuff, by letting go of those things, I think I, I really feel like I'm opening up a channel to create something that's authentic for where I am right now as an artist. And I'm, I'm creating that for my, my life as well. So I'm about to throw out all these old like, basketball shorts I used to have and this basketball yeah. jerseys. Yeah, because I quit basketball because I kept on getting injured. And I just want to get rid of everything because we're about to move into nature. First of all, this house that we're, we're moving into a house, by the way, this is what this is about. It's so small. Yes. We didn't think we were moving into a tiny house, just for the record. I know we're jumping ahead. This yeah. house is, it is a tiny house. I thought we were getting a small cabin, but it's we measured it. It's formerly a tiny house, and it was listed as an almost 700 square feet, which is, what, like 60 meters? Yeah, something like something. that. Yeah, 62. And 62. we measured it after having bought it, and we realized it's half that. And for the record, I didn't care. I knew it was definitely less than that. It was kind of a surprise when we looked at the numbers themselves. Now, that being said... Also, before yeah. we get in there, hold your thought. Where, where, where am I going, though? Where are you? I don't know. Where, wherever I'm going, it's not where we should be going, I guess. Yeah, I just wanted to add something. <laughs> before we jump into what's happening now, with all of the things that I was exposed to and inspired by in terms of more minimal lifestyle... What I've been doing ever since we moved, actually, as we moved into this apartment, which Eric also found, I just had this vision. For some reason, I had this idea that this apartment is smaller because we had looked at a bigger one. So I was comparing it to even a bigger one. But I remember when we were moving into it, we're like, oh, it's going to be a smaller apartment. And I just created this whole vision of how we're going to live this minimal lifestyle. I'm going to have a minimal wardrobe and I'm going to rent clothes more than I'm going to buy them. From the woman who lived in a micro studio before we moved into here. I don't understand how that's possible. I don't know. Go ahead. I don't know how. But I think step by step, I was just being prepared. And so within the past year or so since we lived here, I've been really focusing on creating space. Every quarter or so, or even more often, I put together huge bags and I just donate, I sell. I sold all the designer clothes I had from my life in luxury fashion from my past life because I literally was just keeping those Hermes pieces and Gucci and Prada and I wasn't wearing them because that's no longer my lifestyle. I, wear yoga I was wearing them and it was really disappointing when you got rid of them. Stop it. <laughs> all I wear is yoga pants and I mean, right now I'm wearing those really cool Jason Wu cargo pants that I rented from Rent the Runway. I think I'm going to actually buy them. But the truth is, I realized I was holding on to so much. And if I wear something just once a year, it's not worth it. My space is much more precious. So I sold everything on the real real. Now I listed a bunch of things on Poshmark. And I'm just creating space. And I'm looking at what matters to me and what doesn't. And what truly I want to hold on to and what I don't. Because... A couple of years ago, when I went nomadic for almost nine months, I had to make those choices. I had to, I think I started with one and a half, like one big suitcase and one smaller one. I had to make those choices and then it got bigger and I had two suitcases by the end of it. But I know what it's like to make those choices. And I also know that we really don't need that much. You just need pieces that you love. That's true. I've downsized my wardrobe as a result of you being inspired by you. But over and over and over and over again, I've thrown out half of my clothes at least three times. It's true. Wow. I, we've given them away, let's be honest. So what happened? You were looking at properties. 
I was looking at, I was looking at different properties and I was also kind of, I would call up real estate agents and I'm, I'm a person that I want to be guided by someone. I'm somebody who likes to guide people and help and like coach and help and, and help people think things through. And when I'm on a process, I also like to be guided and help through. And the way that real estate like situations are set up, it's that the buying agent needs to earn your business by being someone who helps you and offers value. And I was really looking for a real estate agent who was going to be with me where I was rather than where they knew I was going to end up, which was really, does that, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you want to buy a house and you have a fiance or a future fiance that has certain creature comforts and things that she definitely wants and styles that she definitely doesn't like, which are 95% of all styles that are already existent in the area that we wanted to move, then there are certain things that we're going to end up having to have and money that we're going to have to spend. And then I got real with myself on what I really wanted because in, in my sometimes judgment of her about what she was saying that she wanted luxury, I realized that I also wanted a certain level of luxury, not like a palace with Pashmina Just like rugs. in the way the materials are used and the style and the decor. Yep, yep. And it, then let me just... And sorry, it doesn't have to be now. a full-priced luxury. It doesn't have... It just has to look, look... Sleek and chic. For her, I saw for myself, I saw for her that there's a level of sleek and chicness that's not ostentatious as much as it is a, a part of her feeling awesome and being self-expressed. And that was really important for me to have that breakthrough. And then for me, I saw that... Just having the most eco-friendly, awesome, minimalistic. I mean, I'm not a minimalist. I'm more of a, I'm going to do it myself and make everything custom and amazingest. And I realized that I probably didn't have the energy, the know-how to have our house that we were going to live in that was going to be awesome looking for her and, and quote unquote good enough for me. I didn't have all the time and energy and I don't think we had the money and all that stuff to just start making that happen. So we started getting creative on how we're going to make it happen. So we started going through the different options of, of how we could potentially purchase something and make a house happen. So one of the options we looked at was buying a piece of raw land. And it seems sexy because it's a fraction of the price of buying a house that already exists. And then we looked at the different houses that were on the market and they were real bad. And it was nothing at all nice according to my lady's standards and yeah, friend. they were all like yeah. 70s and 60s older house. And you know, when you walk into your house and you just feel someone else's vibe, and some people have the vision of how to renovate it and what to do. And I just don't have that vision. And honestly, I didn't want to deal with redoing someone else's creation. I wanted to create from ground up. Yeah. And frankly, the, the layouts of a lot of these houses weren't what we wanted either. We had always envisioned more of an open plan. I don't know why I also had that vision, but it, it felt awesome. I used to, we went to this this loft on Broadway in Prince, me and my brother and some of my friends for these, this New Year's party. And this guy had this huge loft and it was so amazing. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to have a loft. Well, that's all I knew was apartments at the time. But that open plan was, was so beautiful and it really, it opened me up to something. So we were looking at all the different options. We love the idea of there already being buildings on the property. In my mind, I have all these different hobbies and passions and interests. I was like, I want a building for each thing. And what's crazy is that in episode, I don't remember if it was on my podcast or Natalie's podcast. I think it was Natalie Miles' it was hers, podcast yeah. when I was a guest on her. She gave me a spontaneous reading that I was not expecting at the end of it. And she 
affirmed the idea of us buying land. And she also said that, you know, I was asking her, is it just land or is there a house? And she said, I see some structures on there. I can't tell what they are. But in the land you buy that's meant to be yours, there's definitely some structures. And what we ended up with is a land with exactly that. There's an observatory structure, there's a tiny house, and there's a little shed. Oh, the shed. Yeah, it is a great shed. And there's a dilapidated doghouse, too, (laughs) which is something that we always talk about for some reason. Now, the property, we didn't really know what we were looking for, thinking about. At first, we're like, ah, we need three acres. And then we found out that three acres, while while it is large, it's not country large. My brother has building a house right now that's not a full acre, but he's also building in Bergen County. So it's a whole other story. Three acres where we're living, where we want to live in the country is not much, not much privacy, not much space surrounding. Well, and you're thinking if you are moving into the country and you are investing into buying something that is going to go up in price, you might as well just get something bigger with the possibility of building it up and adding more structures and getting an Airbnb and growing things. Yep. I've always had a vision of building a homestead, of building, build. Like I've never built a house. I'm pretty handy, I guess, but I've never lived in a house with things to fix and build. I put together furniture for us. I make artwork that has some complex different things in it that requires drills and stuff like that. But I've never built a house and obviously I've wanted to build a house. So I, my vision is definitely to build different structures and be one of those guys with a garage workshop. That is a, it's a dream. So as we were looking at properties, none of the houses felt right at all. None of the land felt right. Not at all. It like felt not really even sad, actually. It felt really sad. Some of it looks so good on Craigslist or Zillow. And then you go and see it and it's like next to a trailer park or it's right next to the neighbors, you know, and none of it was right. But going out there on the weekends and just spending time in nature, even in wintertime, just felt so special. And I was really connecting with that idea of living in nature more and more. And then, Eric, you found this agent for us. Yeah, yeah. when we were talking about the agent being nice and connecting with you and being with you where you're at right now, rather than being like, you should just do this. What I love about Anthony, I want him to hear this, actually, is that he entertained all of my cockamamie ideas. He Everything that I said. Oh, what ideas? Cockamamie. That's it's like a, all my outlandish, crazy ideas. So oh, let's build an igloo, or let, you know, like <laughs> different things that I said. He actually really listened to me, and that meant so much to me that he was listening to me. And when we changed our mind, like he would make suggestions, and I would just be like, "Yeah, you're right." I wanted him to advise me, and I listened to his advice. And so he's like, "Yeah, you don't want that." I'm like, "You're right. I don't." I'm like, "Why don't I want it?" And he explained, and I was like, "You're right. You, I don't want this, Anthony. Thank you." And so as time went by... So you I, found him literally just through a listing. He, he wasn't a uh, oh, totally. friend or anything. He was not a friend, yeah. He, I mean, he became a friend. We found him through a listing. And when he when he spoke to us, and he spoke... Sorry, when he spoke to me, I spoke to him a lot of times before I introduced her, him to her. But when I spoke to Anthony, he actually sincerely cared. And I knew that this was going to be a guy that was going to be able to help me through this process and walk me through this thing. And I have no idea what I'm doing. And I told him I have no idea what I'm doing, but we want to do this. And we, I was like, let's look at a couple properties. And we went to go see them. And this is the first time we met Anthony, actually, which was really crazy. We only could see two properties because the other ones were snatched up. And just to be clear, the market was so sellers. None of the stuff that was out there, even up to 
$300,000. And we considered, upstate New York. yeah, we considered this upstate New York, Sullivan County. We considered the possibility of spent, of like, I, we didn't have the money. We couldn't, we just thought that we could somehow, and we could, we could do anything we want to do. I'm very clear that we can make anything happen. And by the way, I didn't believe that until Eric found us this apartment we currently are in sitting. And it was at the budget that we were looking to spend. And it's beyond our dreams. So there's really something about how this works when you're in a partnerships where you might have limiting beliefs, but you are with a person who sees the bigger picture and believes in it so much that you get sucked into that energy and you create it together. Yeah. I would say I'm like, you're, I'm the heaven, you're, you're the earth making it real. Like I, I do have these visions and I take things to a certain place in the finishing line, like before the finish line and you really bring us home. And I love that. Actually, on our third date, you told me I feel like home. Oh, I said, you feel like home. Love you. And I just trust this woman implicitly to make choices. We bought a car yesterday and the guy's like, oh, you want to drive it? I'm like, nah, let her drive it. She gets in the car. I'm like, do you like it? She says, yes. I said, all right, we're getting it then. He goes, you don't want to try it? I go, I trust you. I really, I didn't need to do it. I trust this woman. I don't trust her to close the milk cap. I don't trust her to let the oat milk, I, cap. The oat milk cap. I don't trust her to close the kombucha cap. I don't trust her to close the olive oil cap. But I do trust <laughs> her to choose our car without question. I don't think about it. Okay, so we looked at the first property. It was one of those homes that I mentioned, terrible. And then we looked at the second property. And it was this uphill property and with a little house on it, which seemed like a perfect idea for us because there's already a stru- livable structure on it, then we can live there while we build something else. Otherwise, we have to pay rent here and the mortgage there. Which so, is crazy, by the way. Just so you know, even with the extremely low monthly mortgage that we have right now, it, it's a fraction of what we pay in our apartment. But there's no way that we could have afforded to pay both at the same time and do anything else in our lives. So the property was beautiful. The price was higher than what we would expect to pay for a tiny house like this. And then when we were leaving the property, I saw this tree that's at the entrance gate. You know, my vision, when I think cabin, when I thought that connection with nature, every time I would close my eyes, and that's how I've manifested every apartment and every home I've ever had, is I close my eyes and I tune into how does my space that I'm living in, how does it feel? What is the light like? Where do I, what's the sensation in my body? What's the prevalent emotion? And what was important for me is to have this feeling of being cradled by trees. So I was not considering a house that's on an empty lot or just an empty lot with no old trees. For me, it was very important to feel like I'm connected to the forest. And also having older trees on your property means that you're going to have mushrooms most likely. So this little cabin is exactly that. There's lots of empty space, but it's also nestled by these old trees. And as we were leaving the property, I saw this old, old, I think it's pine tree or something. I have to learn those things now that we're becoming gardeners and farmers and all that. But we were leaving and I saw this tree and I felt like it spoke to me. And I took a little branch that was laying on the ground from it. And it was middle of winter. It was cold. It was gray. It was freezing. And Eric kept talking to Anthony. I just wanted to get into the car. But I was really called to go back to that tree. And I picked up this piece of its branch. And I then put it on my altar. And I just let it go. I surrendered. I released. And I surrendered it with this thought of, okay, if you know, just let us be guided. Show us. And the more I sat with myself in meditation and ceremony, 
the more that land kept speaking to me. And so when we went back another weekend to see more properties and none of them felt right, and we were again cold and we needed to go home. Yeah, wait, let me actually, let me interject here because this is a really, a really amazing part in the journey. So after that first trip upstate, we only saw two houses, by the way. We, we did not see three. We saw two. First time two, the, correct. The, the first one that we didn't like, and then the second one, which is the one we ended up buying. But after that, I actually went up with my mother. My mom and I went together because I needed to go up there and I wanted to get some mother-son time. So we went up there. We saw about three or four properties that completely did not impress me at all. In fact, I was shocked that they were charging what they were charging for those properties. They were completely empty. And I saw one that I actually thought was really great. And in the world of selling her, Xenia, property, I felt this was like my best chance to quote unquote sell her on this. So the next week I said, let's go out there again. Everything was getting bought so quickly that I figured, you know, we just need to, if we like something, we need to buy it. So we went out to this property and she just noted immediately. And I know her. I didn't even need to get out of the car. I just knew it. She knew. And, and I said to myself out loud, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If she's not on board with this, it's impossible for this to happen. Like I need her to love this. And I'm clear that that for me, the number one priority for anything we get is she's got to freaking love this. They say happy wife, happy life. I did not understand that until I met this woman because I, when she's happy and loves something, it just, I almost, I don't even think about whether I love it. What helps is that we do love a lot of the same things, of course. But we, she's like, no, I'm not doing this. And I was like, oh man. And I didn't even try to like, talk it up or anything like that. I was like, she doesn't like it. And I looked at Anthony. I'm like, yeah, we're going to go home. She goes, well, no, <laughs> let's go back to the original property we loved. And I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding? It is so cold. I'm so yeah, tired. Yeah, you were very resistant. Very resistant. Well, not that I didn't think it was a good idea. I was just so grumpy because you have to understand just the week before I drove up there with my mom. And, and in case those of you are maybe a little bit lazy, it takes us four hours <laughs> Four hours to Whether get Whether you're there. lazy or not, that's a big chunk of your week. Yeah, it takes us it's four hours to get either way, to go one way or the other way. So it's like an eight-hour day just driving and trans, uh, taking transportation for us to go visit these properties. So I had done that the weekend before, and we had done that a couple of weeks before. And then the next week, I go with her, and I'm like, oh, man, I want to go home. And we already eliminated the property that we were going to buy because we had just been going through the cycle of renovation, new house, old house, all of this stuff. And we just we kind of like let go of the idea. So she's like, let's go back to that place. Is that how I sound? Like an old Italian man? That wasn't Italian. I've got an Italian accent. That's not Italian-American. But that's not that accent at all. So... She has us go back to this place, and I am, like, kicking and screaming with my faces. That's true. We it to, was one of those few times when I felt, like, insisting. And she was right. She's right. But I also said, like, listen, my lady wants to go back here. There's got to be a reason because she doesn't She doesn't just do things for nothing. And, I just, and the real estate agent was like, yeah, we'll go back. I was like, what? All right, he'll do it. I'll do it. So we start driving back up there and we see it. And all of a sudden there's this huge new perspective that we had on the property, which was, oh my God, we were standing on this amazing property when we first started. We didn't know what we were looking for, what we were doing or what was amazing, what wasn't. And after seeing all these other ones, I was like, oh my God, this thing is incredible. And we saw that the first place that we pretty much looked at and thought was these was actually amazing. And it was that moment when we were walking away and I looked at Xenia and she looked back at me and she goes, I want this. And when she said, I want this, I just looked back at her and I go, 
all right, well, we're getting it then. And it was like, there was no, it was just the same conversation about moving. Like, yeah, we should renew our lease. We shouldn't renew our lease. And I said, yeah, let's not renew our lease. And it was, it was that simple. Really, it was that simple at that moment. And we were like, let's make an offer. <laughs> that day we made an offer on the house and we thought we were going to get it to be a lot lower than we did. The place, frankly, I do believe is, is overpriced as far as for the average person. But for us, it was actually just the perfect thing because it already had a house that most people would never want to live in who would potentially have the money. It was above somebody who would buy it for cash. And it was just like in this intermediate zone where it was perfect for us, like who we are, what we wanted to do, what we were okay with living in and all that stuff. And the property has so much potential. It's over 10 acres. And these are awesome acres, no BS acres, like buildable, livable, awesome rocks and meadow and trees and views. Just like in my vision. Just like in her vision. And trees. Cliffs. I mean, that's a very liberal use of the term cliffs. But this place is was amazing. And we walked away and we just did whatever we could do together. And then as we were driving away, I noticed that our neighbors have pets or animals, farm animals. And one of them is this cute pony. It's a baby, tiny pony. A bony. It's a, <laughs> it's so small. It's smaller than a regular pony. And it's so fat that its belly is touching the ground. And it was so cute. And I just thought to myself, how amazing would it be to have neighbors that have a pony that I can come and pet? Yeah, a dreadlocked pony. And the, so which, what's, fun, what's funny about this woman is she makes uh, six-figure decisions based off of mushrooms and ponies. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that about her. I really do. Because it is the little things that, that make you happy. Isn't that a song? <laughs> so... We knew yeah. nothing about mortgage, about putting down offers. Well, hold on, hold on. No, that's the thing is I used to know nothing about it until I researched the crap out of it um, and learned everything there was to know. First of all, that's also not true. That's a ridiculous thing to say. We're still learning. I learned a lot about mortgages. I learned a lot about land and building and all these different things because I, I would spend hours and hours upon end just researching like a little bit during the work day when I was taking a break and distraction. And then in the evening, watching YouTube and learning how to build things and reading books. At that point, we both were already obsessed with the YouTube show, Living Big in a Tiny House. I was just so inspired looking at stories of people living those minimal lifestyles and those gorgeous, really functional cabins all over the world. And I became the one who initiated those nighttime viewings of those building shows. What I would force her, or not, sorry, that's the wrong word. I would invite her to watch and she would never watch and she had no interest. And then she started getting into it. And to be very clear, I was not a tiny house guy. I First of all, I love tiny houses, quote unquote, God bless those people who love tiny houses. But I didn't see myself living in one. You were one of them. I know. And now we own a tiny house. It's kind of like we're accidental tiny house owners. So let's talk about the house. So the house is 340 square feet. It's got one big room that's going to serve as a living room, a dining room, a bedroom, and my office. There's a kitchen. The whole thing has been recently renovated. It was built in the 60s, I believe. And everything feels pretty fresh on the inside. That's what really got me. The kitchen looks, even though it's very small, there's a white little countertop that I can take my pictures on. There's a there's two windows. Wait, time out. The kitchen is baller. It was done by a custom cabinetry maker. So if in the entire house, 
if the kitchen didn't exist, it could potentially be considered pretty crappy. But that kitchen makes it look amazing. And the living room is very charming. And it's got these beams and it's got this rustic wood on the inside and the outside. And there's this beautiful bench right outside that I just saw myself sitting on and drinking my morning elixirs on. And And I saw myself taking so many photographs of her fake meditating (laughs) and drinking lattes and all that good stuff. And she does meditate. Just obviously when you post for a photo, it's, it's. It's it's a post. <laughs> so I, listen, if she has the vision, I follow. And we loved it. We bought this house. We had, to, first of all, we didn't, we didn't even believe what we were doing. We put in the offer. We were just so, felt like a game. And we went away to Namibia, to Africa, to a wedding. We got engaged and all the paperwork was being worked on. Our applications were being reviewed. So it still didn't feel real. Yeah, we did definitely feel. Well, just on my side, I was the person that called the bank, found the bank, found the agent, did all that stuff. So for me, it was kind of real because I talked to a million people and got quotes on all these different loans and learned all about the different terms and then tons of research. So it definitely was pretty real on my end. And I think it was real for her. But it was kind of like, I'm going to like make this relationship with someone, with the bank or the agent or this or that and learn this. How did and, you find the bank? And then I'm going to bring her in at the end. How did we choose the bank? I chose the bank, honestly. Well, we actually knew that we need to go with the local bank because there's more flexibility to get another loan for construction. So I called up a few banks to find out what their percentages are. No percentage, so what's their rates? What their rates are. Yeah. And then I presented it to you. And then from there, you took it over and picked one. Yeah, I like I I feel like you know we're we're bickering on this thing. But I did I gave you the list of banks to call. Remember? No. I did. And she did it. She did a great job calling those banks up. And I just figured out that we would just find the loan guy who looked young and probably wasn't had, didn't have like a big book of business. So I just called that guy up and I was like, "Yeah, let's get this guy some some business essentially." That's sweet. He was really nice. He was he was a sweetheart, the guy. And he he definitely did help us. He was extremely knowledgeable. Like there was no lack of knowledge on his part. And I could tell like he was kind of like, yeah, take it or leave it. Like I'm I don't you don't need to use me. There was totally. no, there was no sale. Like thing. when you walk into a big bank, you know, even when I go to just do a transaction with a bank that I bank with, anytime I mention that I'm buying house mortgage, I just feel like there's so much pressure they want me to sign up. And with this small local bank, there was none of that. Not at all. Not at all. So we got approved for a loan and... The truth is we didn't need a lot of cash to close this. We needed some, of course. And at that point, we already had it. My business has been doing well. Your business has been doing well. And it's just always perfectly timed at the time we had exactly the money we needed. Fact. That's actually true. Things worked out well. What we haven't said explicitly was... Well, I didn't say this explicitly, was during the time that we first decided that we wanted to move between the time, like at least a month or two before we ended up making the purchase, I had tons of doubts and fears, tons. And I did always share them with her. And that was a good thing for us to to bond and move through the doubts and, and really to get into the world of reality rather than the world of fears. Now, the other thing that I, I will mention is once we did you know, get the loan secured, you know, we got the real estate agent and we did all these other things. We started to talk about what we were going to do as far as building the next property, the next house. I called up everyone in the town planning. more. I just made so many phone calls and spoke to as many people as I possibly could 
And I would report that information to her every day, get excited. And she was like, oh, what's the report today? And we ended up meeting up with another house manufacturer and we wanted to build something natural. And I ended up deciding that it was way better for me to focus on my business rather than building a house. And I thought I was maybe going to do a couple projects in the house. And I pretty much said, you know what? I, I really need to focus on, on my business. We'll build this house. Like we'll outsource the house building. And then the next prop, the next house, the next structure we build, I'll, I'll do it myself or with some family and friends. I researched so many different alternative building things, and none of them seemed to be up to the standard of, of beauty that my lady over here loves so much. Until I found this one thing called Plus Pew, which is this Finnish log home company that actually I got introduced to by a friend of mine because I pretty much talked to everyone and their mother who would even who would listen to me. And it was this uh, Finnish log home company that makes these amazing modern log cabins, which is probably the the decorative genre, if that's the right word, the decor that we didn't have the words to describe of what we wanted our home to be, modern log. <laughs> and it looked awesome. I showed it to her. She was in. We we called them up, had a great person who was talking to us, really aligned on that. And you know, we're in talks with them on having them build the the first structure that we're going to live in. And there's the big one. Yeah, the big one. There's and there's so many opportunities to build other things. We do definitely want to build a tiny home on the property. I want to build something for my uh, my parents, my father, you know, family to potentially come in and stay with us because our tiny cabin is too small for anyone but us right now. Now we're going to make this big move, and right now we don't have anything but a tiny cabin. And we have a lot of stuff here. So, we're moving yeah. in a week. We're moving in a week. It's, wow. We're not ready. We're not well, of course we're not ready. <laughs> We, you just do things. It all just came through, it feels like, so quickly. Like, it was building, 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 and then boom. On Friday, we signed the house. And then we realized, okay, we need a car right now. So we bought a car. We were looking at leasing. I was pers- personally considering leasing a car and getting a really sexy Land Rover Discovery Sport. And then as soon as we went to the dealership and I drove this car, I just didn't feel right. And so we started looking at the used market. Well, hold on one second. Just to be to be clear, it didn't feel right to me before we got to the dealership. I mean, I just knew that it wasn't going to make sense. That's why it was important to go. Yeah. Otherwise, I would never know. And it would have been this unfulfilled dream. Yep. So I tried it. I went. I knew it was not for us right now. And so we started looking at youth cars and we bought this men, sexy, men sexy. entertain your ladies' ideas, <laughs> even if you don't agree with them. We bought a Toyota Highlander hybrid, which is really beautiful and a complete dream because... How'd you find it? You found it on Facebook Marketplace. And it has everything I wanted. It's super powerful acceleration. It's beautiful leather, light interior. It's a sunroof, which I didn't even know I wanted. And what's crazy is I want to just quickly bring this into the space is when you start really following those risky steps in your life and take those leaps that feel scary, the universe is going to send you signs that affirm that you're on the right path. And one of the ways that the universe communicates with me is through numbers. And my particular number is 43. When I see that That's number, my number. I know, it's your, which is crazy. It's both our numbers. It was his basketball team number way before we met. And of course, I saw it on social media and I was like, what? Are you serious? So we went to the DMV today and it was not planned. There were so many things that changed that impacted, you know, we switched lines and this and that. We had to refill the documents. And we ended up at this teller person 
who ended up giving us a license plate and it had the number 43 in it. And it was just such a moment of uh, aha and affirmation and belonging and grounding and support and just truly surrendering to being guided every step of the way. And even though this move feels scary. You know, sometimes I think about what if Erica's not there? I'm going to be so scared in this tiny cabin in the middle of the dark. I don't know what kind of animals are there. Oh, I I think what if she's not there? I'm going to be so scared. <laughs> what if there's ghosts again, like in my apartment that one time? No, but at the same time, it just feels right. So I'm trusting that. How are we going to go from a thousand square feet to 340? I'm not sure. We're going to get rid of a lot of things. I'm just creating piles of this is what I'm keeping. This is what we're going to store for now or sell. This is what we're going to get rid of, whether that's donate or sell or discard. And we're just going to go through everything and bring only things that we truly love that we need. And we're going to build a shed where we can start collecting and salvaging things for our next structures. Because after watching all those tiny home shows, it's impossible not to want to do that. Totally. And right now, we don't even have access to salvaging different things and picking up cool stuff on Craigslist, which I, I think Why I Why don't we have access? Well, because we have no place to put anything. We don't right. have a car. Well, now we do. Now we have a, a land to put place, a land to put place, a place to put nice windows that we're seeing on Craigslist and store different timber and all that kind of stuff. And we've got a car to carry it. So we are going to start, um, you know, stocking up on some really cool stuff. And then we are going to build an amazing structure, whether it's an office for you and I, Ksush, or something else. But we're going to do something that we feel is an authentic, creative expression of ourselves. And we definitely will build a pyramid and or a teepee. And there's nothing I want to do more than like build an outdoor pyramid, for sure, because pyramid energy is ridiculous, like so amazing. Put your water in a pyramid, near a pyramid, and tell me I'm wrong. Tell me. I just want to have that space used to invite community. I want to host circles and cacao ceremonies. And, and I want to wake up and put my bare feet on the earth and see what happens. I want to make a crystal grid around our house and the property. And I just want to, I want to make, I want to get those big crystals, the ones that, that are like garden crystals. Right. And I want to create a crystal chill space. And we definitely, oh, here's the one thing we're definitely going to make. This is a sneak preview. We are going to make a crystal cabin, baby. Yeah. One of the things we want to put up there is a small cabin that we're going to Airbnb out. That's all crystal themed. Just hey. walk in and you have a full crystal experience. AAC, all about crystals. So what this move into a tiny home is giving us is this space to create, to be adventurous, to breathe, and to co-create together. And that's what we're excited about most. We don't know the answers for every step of the way, but what I'm realizing is that figuring out how to buy a car, how to get a mortgage, how to register a car, all these things are figureoutable and there are always people to help you along the way. So just Follow those breadcrumbs of what feels right. Follow your heart. You live once. And to me, all of this came on a call with David Burns, who was my guest on episode 54, when he asked me, what would I do if I couldn't work for three months, if I was told to stop working for three months? And I realized that my life is not set up for this at all and that nature is 
my priority in my life in my head, but not in action, not in reality. And I was ready to change that. I would build a crystal cabin. You have anything else to say? Yeah. Yeah. Someone asked a question about fears. What are your biggest fears? So my top fears as somebody who was born and raised in New York City is being bored as hell because there's like the coffee shops are 25 minutes away. coffee shop that has great coffee is 30 minutes away. Yeah, so there's not that much stuff nearby. So there's not a Whole Foods where you can go and buy a kombucha. There's not even a good deli where you can go and buy fresh kale. There are great farmers market, I hear, but there's not like convenience stores with all the things that we love, like cute kitchen chocolate. That's true. That's true. There's It's very hard to find some of the creature comforts as far as chocolate varieties and stuff like that that we love and value. Just randomly there. You can't go out at 11 p.m. and find something crazy. But I think that the key thing is that I love the morning, early morning. And if we can go to bed earlier and get that early morning goodness in and capture some more of it while the season permits, that will be life-changing. We'll go mushroom foraging early in the morning. Yep. I can't wait to do that. And then we'll literally have a mushroom omelet. And that's the kind of thing we do together. I love this lady. <laughs> and then I'm also going to set up a slack line. And I never know about slack lining. There's a slack line YouTube video that's absolutely outrageous. Just search for it. Trust me. And the I want to set one up. Not like I'm the kind of guy that does slack lining, by the way. I'm pretty unbalanced. But I want to set one up because we can And it feels amazing to be able to do that. And I'm pretty curious to see what it's like. The other thing is, I know I keep on talking. I'm going to play my banjo out there. I'm going to play my ukulele. I'm going to play my guitar. And I'm going to have such a good time picking my old banjo on a porch. We don't have a porch. I'll build one. (laughs) But I am going to, we're going to have such a great time. We're going to have a car. I just, I'm so excited about this. And I'm so excited with you, Scooch, because you're the only person that I want to actually spend my time with in a small, tiny cabin. (laughs) You're the only person that I trust that we could have fun and laugh enough that we could overcome anything together. And you're hilarious. And we're going to have such a great time together. And we're going to get into the best fights over the most important things and laugh after and drink kombucha and eat sauerkraut. And go spend time on opposite sides of the property. Yeah. Well, the property is huge. <laughs> spending opposite time sides on yeah, spending time on the opposite side of the house does not do much for peace and quiet. But I've got my hobbies. She's got her obsession with working. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Anyway, there's two more things I wanted to add before we wrap. One is that we were coming home from an event tonight, and Eric was on the phone ordering pizza and Someone passed by us and he goes, I love you, man. And I thought it's just a friend. And then he goes, no, like for real, I love you so much, man. And the guy turns around and I'm like, that that was interesting. I wonder why Eric was so persistent on making sure this guy knows he loves him. And it turned out to be one of the biggest rock stars of the music world of all time. Well, all, well it's the best. Trey Anastasio, right? The lead singer and so the guitar knows, player of Fish. People who know who he is. People, he, anyone who knows who Trey, he's he's a one a one name person, a four letter word, Trey. He's amazing. And he looked back and I can, could see him receiving your love. It was so cool. He totally received the love. Totally did. It was an amazing sign. She's so much better at describing signs and stuff like that. But again, it was just a matter of seconds. The only reason we were standing where we were standing is because you were on the phone. Ordering the pizza that we never eat. We never eat pizza. I had to take two lactose pills. (laughs) And in that second, Trey happened to be walking by with the lady he was with. So 
that was one announcement. And the other one is we are sharing our journey on Instagram at Woken Wired, at Breakfast Criminals, and at Tiny Cabin, New York. That's and, New York County started for this. And at Crystal Criminals. And at Crystal Criminals, for sure. And at Eric Brief, we'll post something too at some really? point. Really? Yeah. I don't believe you. And the most important announcement is that it's midnight of May 23rd, and it is Eric's birthday. Oh, my God. So if you want to connect with this lovely man that has been so supportive of my journey as an entrepreneur, as a woman, as a human, and see some of his work, then you can find him at Eric Brief on Instagram, or you can connect with both of us at Crystal Criminals on Instagram. I'm always watching this woman record podcasts. I'm so freaking blown away that it's been one year since you started this. Can you imagine someone's like, I want to have a podcast. And when someone says something ambitious like that, you're like, yeah, sure. Not like you, they're not going to do it, but like it's a pretty serious thing to start a podcast and do one every week. This woman is a bulldog about this podcast. Every single <laughs> week, she has not missed it. Her determination is unreal. She is, uh, she's like my idol. You're, you're an idol for me, what you Thanks. do. And I'm not joking. This woman is one of my biggest mentors in in connecting with people on social media and making an impact on the interwebs. So I I love you so much and you're so amazing. This podcast, I've listened to awesome people be on it. I think she's the most awesome person that's been on it. I've kind of been like, when am I going to get on this thing? Honored to be on it. I'm honored to share the 74 five-star reviews. And what do you wish people get out of this? What I hope people get out of it is whatever you get out of it. I mean, but what I, I want you to get out of it what you're getting out of it. But what I want you to do is I want you to share whatever it is that you got out of this with someone else that you love and a stranger as well. And maybe you'll fall in love with a stranger by the end of the time that you're sharing. But why I want you to share something, and if you don't even have something in mind, we're talking about start is start like talking. Takeaways and breakthroughs. So anything that moved you in this conversation, anything that resonated. It's all there to show you that anything you want is possible. Thank you so much for listening to this wild ride of a journey. This is definitely the more personal episode I've done. And I'm so excited to see what you've taken away from it. And if you haven't yet joined the Woken Wired podcast group on Facebook, go there. I would love to see your takeaways. Have an amazing week. And thank you, Eric, for being here. Of course, she's exactly like she is on this podcast in real life, just so you know. Thanks. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, leave a review, and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com. And connect with me on Instagram at wokeandwired. Stay woke, stay wired, and have an incredible day.